two, one. Good day, listeners. This is your host, Michael Martins, with the Martins Critical Review, broadcasting this afternoon from a cloudy, overcast day in West Kelowna, British Columbia. In today's program, we continue our series on the conservation of humanity, dissecting the COVID-19 coronavirus and the massive and unwarranted overreaction perpetrated by governments around the world. Joining us today is a legend in the medical field, Dr. Lorraine Day, MD. Dr. Day graduated from UC San Francisco Medical School in 1969 and immediately entered orthopedic surgery residency. She became an internationally acclaimed orthopedic trauma surgeon who was for 15 years on the faculty of the University of California, San Francisco School of Medicine as an associate professor and vice chairman of the Department of Orthopedics. <clears throat> she was also the chief orthopedic surgery of San Francisco General Hospital and is recognized worldwide as an AIDS expert. In 1993, Dr. Day was diagnosed with breast cancer, biopsy proven at two major medical centers in California. She refused chemotherapy, radiation, and mutilating surgery because of the destructive side effects and chose to use natural methods to rebuild her immune system and regain her health. Through her long and difficult struggle to get well, she was shocked to learn of the enormous cover-up by organized medicine and the pharmaceutical companies of natural and expensive cancer therapies. Dr. Day was able to reverse her severe advanced stage breast cancer by rebuilding her immune system by natural therapies so her body could heal herself. Dr. Day is also a best-selling author and has been invited to lecture extensively throughout the US and the world and has appeared on numerous radio and television shows including 60 Minutes, Nightline, CNN Crossfire, Oprah Winfrey, Larry King, USA Radio Network, and the Art Bell Radio Show. Dr. Day, it's a great pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you so much for your time and welcome to the show. Thanks so much. So first off, can you share with the listeners what motivated you initially uh, to dedicate your life towards uh, practicing medicine? Well, I wanted to help people, but then when I got into medical school, I found out that I was about the only one there who wanted to do that. And then I found out that when you help people, particularly, particularly if you do it for nothing, they sue you. So I, I decided that I would become a trauma surgeon because I recognized when I was in medical school that doctors don't know how to cure any disease. They don't know how to cure any disease. They only know how to give drugs, which all have horrible side effects, and they only address the symptoms, not the underlying cause of the disease or they cut out your body parts or cut out, cut out your organs. And so that never cures anybody. When I developed breast cancer, I, I knew I wasn't going to have a mastectomy because I knew I didn't get breast cancer because I had too many breasts. So cutting one or both of them off was not gonna cure me, okay? So the, you know, cutting out people's organs, God didn't give us too many organs. Oh, I have two breasts, so that's why I developed breast cancer. I've got to cut them off. It's crazy. It doesn't help anything. The problem is the cancer, see doctors work at the wrong end of every disease, the wrong end. They always try to uh, treat the symptoms. And if you have a breast tumor or a stomach tumor or whatever, oh, let's take it out. Well, the problem is a sick body. You've got to get your body well because that's what's causing the tumor. So instead of trying to kill the tumor, which usually ends up killing the patient, what I did was I changed everything about my life, the way I was living, thinking, acting, eating, and handling stress, which deprived the cancer of what it needed to grow, and it died. That's the way you treat disease. Oh, Jesus. 
sorry, doctor, we've got a uh, bit of a, a glitch. Sorry, I had some sort of uh, cross play there. I don't know where that came from. Um, so yeah, so uh, just to circle back there, you mentioned that uh, you know removing organs or uh, does not the, the cure system. any disease. You have yes. to deprive the cancer of what it needs to grow. What you've got to do for every disease, because you see, a year before I was diagnosed with cancer, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and I had quite a severe tremor. And when I got well from cancer, I noticed all my Parkinson's symptoms went away too. I have no tremor at all. And so uh, I realized then that all diseases are caused by our lifestyle factors, by the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. And people are so far away from what it takes to be healthy. You know, I struggled. I tried 40 different types of alternative non-toxic treatments. Oh, I just kept getting worse and worse and worse until I, I went totally natural with God's health plan, uh, with all the natural health laws, learn, and you also have to learn to forgive everyone who's ever wronged you. You've got to learn how to give up anger and grudge holding and fear and anxiety. You've got to do all those things because you trigger your fight or flight reaction, pours cortisol into your body, and that suppresses your immune system so you can't get well. So this, you see, all disease begins in the heart. All disease begins in the heart because we want to live, think, act, eat, and handle stress our way rather than the way we were designed to do it. We want to run our own life and we make a mess of it. And I'm the, the, the queen of that. I made a mess of my life as far as my physical life because I was dying of cancer when my career was at its height. And, uh, and I realized that I needed somebody smarter than me to run my life. And that was God. And he knows how to do it. And so I have changed, I changed everything about my life. And then the cancer had no ability to grow because I wasn't feeding it. Now, when I say feeding it, the, the, the way you eat is very important, but there are nine other steps in the plan. It's not just, oh, I'll just change my diet. That's what I thought at the beginning. I changed to the right diet, the diet I still eat, a totally vegan, vegetarian, natural diet, no processed foods and no refined sugar and all that. That's the diet I still eat. But when I just did that, my tumor continued to grow. It's sort of like a, a mousetrap. A mousetrap has five parts. If you have one part gone, it doesn't work four-fifths as well. It doesn't work at all. So right. you've got to do all 10 parts of the plan. And it's a spiritual problem as well. So you've got to address everything in your life. Yeah, that makes sense. So was there a particular tipping point when you realized that orthodox medicine was corrupt and self-serving? And, and how did that realization affect you? Well, the, I realized it was corrupt and self-serving when I was involved in the AIDS epidemic in the <clears throat> 80s and uh, early 90s. Uh, it, uh, it was so corrupt. I couldn't believe it was so corrupt. Up until that time, I had just been working in, in the hospital where I was, and I worked with people who had integrity and uh, people who were really cared about their patients. And I thought everybody was like that. But I soon learned when I started speaking out about the AIDS epidemic uh, and, and, and exposing the government, exposing the Centers for Disease Control, and exposing the NIH, oh man, uh, you know, I got threats, death threats to my life. There were times that the that the uh, hospital administrator would have armed guards with me in the operating room because they're wanting to kill me. And oh. people would call the hospital and say what time they were going to kill me. 
And uh, then I, uh, then there were activist groups that hated me and sent me AIDS contaminated needles through the mail and said they were going to follow me every place in the world where I was speaking and inject me with AIDS blood in an elevator. And even where I live now, uh, after I moved to Southern California for a number of years, I had black helicopters hanging over my house, 10 feet above my house, shaking it so violently that one time they shattered a floor to ceiling sliding glass door. So, I mean, the, the, there are um, plenty of efforts to shut up truth tellers. And, and so what was that um, based on with the, with the AIDS epidemic? What was their criticism of you? That you were simply blowing the whistle on the, the, well, the nature well, or, of their response? Well, the first thing is, what I didn't realize is, is their agenda at that time was to promote homosexuality. That was the agenda, promote homosexuality. This was all part of the destroy the family, um, uh, population extermination, because homosexuals don't have uh, children, except you know through surrogates. So, and this was the increasing of debauchery of everything. It was you know going to go to the transgenderism and to the uh, blocking puberty blockers for children and things like that. So, I didn't understand at first because I wasn't political in nature up, up until then. Uh, I became political very fast because I realized <laughs> when they want to kill you, 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 you become more aware. So, um, and, and the CDC, I knew the CDC gave the hotline, the hotline that people would call to find out how not to get AIDS, they gave it over to the most promiscuous homosexuals. The CDC gave it over to them. You see, and so I started exposing these kinds of things, which uh, didn't make them happy. And I knew that they were lying, just like now, or they talk about, they're not keeping track of the flu anymore. They've never kept track of the flu. They've never kept track of the flu. All the flu statistics, they just did out of thin air. They started talking about flu when they developed a vaccine for flu, okay? So then, say, then they said, um, 37,000 people in America get flu and pneumonia. Flu and pneumonia. I said, flu and what? Flu and pneumonia. I thought, nobody, no doctor ever reports the flu. Doctors don't report much of anything. They're too busy and they're, they don't want to do it. So they don't report it. The CDC has no statistics on the flu. They're all a lie, okay? So, so then, I, then I looked up the statistics. Well, they had, they had 36,990 die of pneumonia and 10 die of the flu. So they had to put them together so people would take the flu vaccine because they didn't have any statistics on the flu. They don't keep track of the flu, I can tell you that. And so, but pneumonia, see, that's a terminal event in almost everybody's life. If you get cancer, you're bedridden, you'll get pneumonia, you die, and that's on your death certificate. But you don't really die of pneumonia, you die of the cancer, but the pneumonia is the last event. If you have heart disease, you might die of pneumonia. And so they've got lots of pneumonia because it's the end event in, in almost everything you die of. So then they put that with, you know, 10 cases, which is zero cases of the flu that they know about. And they say, oh, get your flu vaccine. The other thing they're doing now with the flu is they say, <clears throat> get flu zone or whatever the name of it is. It's four times stronger if you're over the age of 65 because you need it. 
Well, that's a crock too. Because you see, if we have a patient in the hospital who's had a serious injury, if, if it's an adult, young male adult, we might give them 12 milligrams of morphine for their pain. With an elderly person, we'll start with six milligrams. You always give them less because they're more fragile. Now with the flu, they say you need four times the dose. This is a killing mechanism. They want to get rid of them. And it, I mean, everything is turned upside down and the public goes, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, they're, they're lying about everything. Yeah, sure, sure seems like we have a, an epidemic of a lack of common sense and critical thinking. I mean, the, the narrative that's being projected simply makes no sense. It's, it, it's, it's more than that. It's deliberate lying. It's not just the lack of common sense. It's deliberate lying. So just to develop a bit of background and context for our main discussion, I'd like to hear your thoughts on some of the past pandemic hoaxes that we've had, such as the H5N1 bird flu and SARS. Um, are we seeing kind of an evolution of this playbook of fear and control being unleashed on an unsuspecting population with the, the latest iteration of this virus? Uh, I, think, I think all of those previous ones were really um, steps towards doing this. It was the, they, they tried it out on the public to see what the public, how the public would react, what they had to do. I think all of these previous ones, which were all hoaxes as, as well, were leading up to this. Those were trials where they would see, how does the public react to this? What, what can we really get them to do? I think all of them were that leading up to this one because they were all hoaxes, it was baloney. Again, as we talked before the program, uh, germs don't cause disease, viruses don't cause disease, bacteria don't cause disease. We cause disease by the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. And the germs either come in from the outside or we can make them ourselves. We can make them ourselves in our own body and we make what we need to clean out the mess that we have caused. And so when it comes in to clean out the mess and it throws the toxins into our bloodstream, then we get symptoms and then we don't like the symptoms. So they go to the doctor and get antibiotics, which wipe out uh, the good bacteria in your colon, which is a third of your immune system. And then we get sicker for the next time around because we've got all the garbage still in our body. You see, it's sort of like going down the road and seeing a man uh, on the side of the freeway bleeding and there's a man standing over him. So you stop. Well, obviously, if he's there in the vicinity, he must have done this. So you kill him. Well, it turns out he's the ambulance attendant. You see, that's what germs are. They're coming to clean up the mess. See. Germs don't cause disease any more than flies cause garbage. Flies don't cause garbage. Garbage attracts flies. Garbage, if we didn't have flies and vermin and rats and all that, then everything that died would just still be there. All the animals that got hit by cars and died in the road and all that, they would just still be there. And if you had a garbage strike and you had garbage in your front yard, it will attract all this vermin to clean it up. So it's the dead and dying tissue that attracts a cleanup crew. Well, it's the same in your body. God has designed us that when we have garbage in our body, we have dead and dying tissue because of the way we were living, eating, and handling stress, then we've got a cleanup crew, which is a, at a microscopic level. You know, if you see a dead animal in the road and a vulture's eating it, the vulture did not attract the dead animal. The dead animal attracted the vulture, which is the cleanup crew. And, and you see, this all uh, got established in the wrong way 
with Pasteur of the pasteurization of milk and Beauchamp. They were they were two doctors who were arguing and and uh, Pasteur said the germ is everything and the milieu the immune system is nothing. And Beauchamp said, no, the immune system is everything. Because you see, in every epidemic, there are a whole lot of people who don't get it. And that's because they're healthy. They're healthy. And so when you're healthy, and that's the way you can, if you learn how to get your body healthy, you can go to my website at drday.com. If you get your body healthy, you're not going to be susceptible to anything that's coming around. Because you don't have any mess in your body to clean up. So we'll touch upon what's causing this um, problem for people, what's causing this load of, uh, of disease uh, condition in people a little bit later. But let's just, let's just iron out a few, few facts um, in terms of uh, the present uh, pandemic here that's going on. So, you know, in your opinion, is there enough scientific evidence to state that the, the CCP coronavirus is causing the COVID-19 symptoms and sicknesses? COVID-19 does not exist. COVID-19 does not exist, okay? This is a scam from beginning to end. It does not exist. It's never been isolated. It causes no symptoms. And so that's why they have to test you for it. And if you transmit it to somebody else, they'll have no symptoms either. You see, it doesn't cause any symptoms. People are not dying of COVID-19. Now, coronaviruses, which this is supposed to be one of, coronaviruses do cause the common cold, and there are many of them. The common cold, it doesn't even cause the flu. It causes the common cold. And for a while, that was even on the World Health Organization website, okay? I don't know if they've taken it down or not. But coronaviruses cause the common cold. You know why they picked a coronavirus, don't you? You know why they picked that particular virus? Let's you know who's it. running the world? It seems like Willie G these days. They're running the world at the Rothschilds, and they run it from the city of London, which is a one-mile square area in London, which is not subject, subject to any of the laws of London or Great Britain or anybody else. They are their own fiefdom, and they make their own laws, and they run the world because the Rothschilds own the uh, money supply of 192 of the 195 countries in the world. Do you know what their corporation is called? It's uh, called the Crown. Uh, Corona. Okay. Not only that, Corona is a six letter word. And if you take, so you've got six for numbers of letters. And then if you take the C, that's three. And the O is 15. And you go like that in the alphabet, you'll come up with six, six, six. They just put it right in your face. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, so that's why they picked a coronavirus. It's the crown virus. And they just, this is what they love to do. They love to rub your nose in it. Interesting. Well, and of course, the CDC has admitted in their own documentation that they have not identified the genetic code for the virus, uh, which to me, I think everyone should be taking some uh, issue with because now with over 300,000 dead bodies in, in America, you'd think with that pool of uh, sample size, you'd be able to isolate something. None of those something. people died of COVID. None of those people died. People are dying of the same things they've always died of. They just call it COVID. You know, if you get shot in the head, it's COVID. If you're run over by a bus, it's COVID. 
if you commit suicide, it's COVID, everything's COVID. And they admit, even the CDC now admits that only 6% of all the COVID that they've designated as COVID or COVID, but it's zero, it's zero, it doesn't exist. This is a cover to bring in communism to America. It's a cover to bring in communism to America. It has nothing to do with COVID. Right. So what is making these people ill then? If it's not uh, uh, this virus that what, they claim. What, making what people ill? The people who have cancer, who have heart disease, who have high blood pressure, who have Parkinson's? That's what they've got. They don't have anything else. If they had anything else, maybe, they, maybe they're getting sick from the stuff that they're putting on the Q-tips that they stick almost back in their brain. They may be putting something bad on that. I have some information. I haven't confirmed it yet that they're actually putting prions on it as well. And they may be even vaccinating you with something else. You see, never in the history of the world, and certainly in my career, which spans over 50 years as a doctor, have they ever tested anybody by sticking it way back in the back of their nasal sinuses. The reason that you're supposed to wear a mask is they don't want you coughing on them or uh, talking on them where maybe particles come out. Well then, if it's in your saliva, all they have to do is put a, a Q-tip inside your cheek. No, they've got to stick it way back uh, right in front of what's called the cribriform plate. The cribriform plate is the fragile bony area between your nasal sinus, the back of your nasal sinus, and your brain. Now I have pictures on my website, at another website at goodnewsaboutgod.com. If you go there, goodnewsaboutgod.com, and on my homepage it says Dr. Lorraine Day Updates. If you click there, I've got a number of articles that I've written about this whole thing that's going on. I've got pictures of the Q-tips that have actually nanoparticles in them, and who knows what else? They stick them back there and then they twist them, okay? They've never tested for any disease like that, ever, ever, ever. So they're putting something back there. Now, when they put it back there, then those particles can get directly to the brain because there are openings in the cribriform plate for the olfactory nerves, the nerves that come from the nose. So there are openings plus the bone, this fragile bone is actually porous. So they can get things through there that they might not be able to get through when they inject you if you they inject it into, into your bloodstream because there's a blood-brain barrier and the blood-brain barrier is not a physical barrier it's a biochemical barrier that keeps certain things out for your own safety from getting into the brain and even when we give certain antibiotics if someone has a brain infection you're trying to get antibiotics in you can't get them in if you inject those antibiotics into the vein. You've got to actually inject them into the spinal canal so they can get into the brain because they are prohibited by this blood-brain barrier. So by sticking them way back there and twisting them, uh, now even uh, there, there have been reports where they actually disrupted that cribriform plate, stuck them into the brain, and a person had the cerebrospinal fluid coming out their nose. And that can happen too. This, this is a very dangerous thing. And they're going to have people who are not trained at this, uh, giving vaccinations and testing and all that, because they want us dead. They just want us dead. They don't give a rip. They want us dead. And this is the way they're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, that was something that I just intuitively 
questioned when I saw those tests and, and you know, the six or eight inch long swab that they're sticking yeah. into your, you know, it's your, that just doesn't make any sense intuitively. And, you know, now that we're hearing some of these other uh, claims that, you know, perhaps there are some contamination of these swabs. And certainly we've seen um, large batches of tests and tests, which are coming back with uh, false positives. So they're clearly already have some form of genetic material on those swabs to begin with. And, and like you say, I mean, is this a, a pre-vaccination program or is it simply a poisoning program? We don't really know. I think, I think it's not only poisoning. I think that's the first step in the vaccination too. But the vaccination is not going to keep you from getting COVID because COVID doesn't exist. The vaccination is to change your DNA for control and to destroy your immune system to, heal, to kill you. That's what sure. Now, I don't know if you've seen, um, so there's, there's a video circulating on the internet of Carrie Mullis talking about uh, the PCR testing and how it is not a diagnostic test. tool. It doesn't test. All it does is multiply what is there. And then, like for DNA, it was particular, it's particularly good in DNA. If you have a crime victim uh, and you have some touch DNA on the body or the victim's sweater or something, that's not enough to actually test the DNA, then you use a PCR to multiply that DNA to get a large enough quantity to actually test it. So the PCR doesn't test anything. I also thought it was interesting that Carrie Mullis, who was apparently in pretty good health, died about six months before all of this started. And he was always trashing Fauci. He said, Fauci doesn't know what he's talking about. Fauci doesn't know anything. Fauci, he says, I've tried to get Fauci to come down to, to my university to, to debate me and he won't come. And so suddenly he's gone. Yeah. And then- yeah. they, they bring out Fauci again. Fauci was around when I was involved in the AIDS epidemic. He was lying then, he's lying now. The CDC was lying then, they're lying now. I had a lot of association with the CDC. I can tell you they're lying through their teeth. They were then, they are now. Well, and I think again, on a, on a simply a critical thinking basis, when you've got a, a, a public official that owns 50% of the Moderna vaccine patent, you have to question what his, that's um, it, a conflict of interest to me. I mean, is he serving the population or is he serving his own interests? I mean, None of them serve the population. The CDC is not there to take care of the public, nor is the FDA, nor is the CIA. They're all there for what everybody wants to call the deep state because they're afraid to call it the Jewish Illuminati. That's what it is. The Jewish Illuminati in conjunction with the high level Freemasons who have sold out the Gentiles. That's who it is. It's the Jewish Illuminati. And even the rank and file Jews, most of them don't know what's going on either. It's the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the Warburgs and the, and the Soros and the Adelsons and all that, that's, that's who it is. And, and Bill Gates, of course, is a Jew. Well, and that, that, of course, was the same issue that we had uh, in World War II with the Ashkenazi Jews that essentially scapegoated their lesser, lower-ranking Jews to uh, seize Israel. Well, yeah, they didn't. They didn't really. That what they did was they left them in the concentration camps, which were not to kill them. That was not to kill them. It was to to scare them into being willing to go to Israel. That's what it was for. Because see, the three the three people see Germany didn't declare war on anybody. 
it was the the president of the United States, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, whose name was Rosenvelt. He was a Jew. Winston Churchill was a Jew. His mother's name was Jenny Jerome. She was Jewish. And Stalin was a Jew. Okay. So it was the three Jews of those countries that declared war against Germany because Germany was the last remaining ambitious non-communist Christian country in Europe. Mm, interesting. So we're, we're almost seeing an extension of that battle uh, right up until it, today. It, 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 is, it is the great controversy between good and evil. It's even K Kissinger said it. It's the Jews against the non-Jews. That's what Kissinger said. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, so one, one other term that we hear in the news, uh, this asymptomatic carrier, uh, to my knowledge, that's never been a medical term. Uh, I mean, an asymptomatic carrier is a healthy person, isn't it? Well, yeah, of course, an asymptomatic carrier is a healthy person. Everybody's got germs all over them. We've got bacteria and virus all over our arms and legs and stomach and, and face and nose and mouth and throat. I mean, the thing is, they don't bother us unless we make ourselves sick and then they move in to clean up the mess. So asymptomatic carrier, yeah, you got a non-disease that doesn't exist, that has no symptoms that you might transmit to somebody else and they'll have no symptoms either. I mean, it's ridiculous. And yet everybody in the country, oh yeah, I'm gonna put the mask on. I don't wanna get that disease because they're all dying. Well, they're dying from everything they died of before. They just and, put COVID on it. And I think we're seeing that now with some of the death statistics. Uh, and in Canada, for instance, our deaths are actually lower than they were last year, uh, slightly higher than a couple of years before. But there has been years within the last decade of, of many more deaths than what we have presently. But see, even if they had a whole lot more deaths now, you can't believe anything they say. Yeah, yeah. You can't believe. To talk about the statistics. I don't believe when they open their mouth, they're going to lie. You can't believe that. Don't talk about the statistics because they can make them whatever they want. For sure, for sure. So um, if, if we look at uh, sort of the recent news with the, the vaccines coming down the pipeline, and of course, you know, we keep hearing this catchphrase that uh, nothing gets back to normal until everyone's vaccinated. Um, what's your feelings on that? Uh, nothing will get back to normal ever. Mm. Nothing will get back to normal ever. This is all going down. I've been talking about this for over 20 years. When I realized 30 years ago, when I was involved with the AIDS epidemic, that we're getting to the end, and this is population extermination of 6 billion people. Nothing will ever get back to normal. This, this is all going down. I don't care what, they, remember when they started this out? Oh, just two weeks to flatten the curve. Now we're in almost, we're gonna get close to a year. A year. All right. And everything is, oh, we closed down. And, oh, we got a surge in COVID. See, the reason they picked a disease that doesn't exist, if they picked a disease that existed, they would be bound with their numbers by those who actually had the disease. And you could tell when somebody had, when, when we were talking about AIDS, we knew who had AIDS and people were dying like flies. And we had a whole ward full of people dying. And a lot of clinics where they were coming in and they were half dead. And guess what? The doctors and the nurses didn't have time to dance around and do conga lines. We were busy taking care of patients. The reason they can do that is the hospitals are empty. They don't have anything else to do. And the hospitals are being paid off. And then they have all these fawning commercials and public service amount, uh, announcements about, oh, the healthcare workers and how they're risking their lives and oh, they're so wonderful. They weren't doing that with us with the AIDS epidemic and we were actually working a lot. 
okay? And taking big risk with our lives, particularly we surgeons. And we orthopedic surgeons are the most at risk, you see? And they weren't doing any fawning over us because they had a different agenda. They're paying off the hospitals. They're paying off the big doctor's groups. They're paying off all sorts of people to keep their mouths shut. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting on that point, you know, a lot of the, uh, there's a few medical professionals here in Canada that are raising the alarm and their, their sort of um, uh, response to people that say, you know, you're, you're talking bullshit or you're a quack is, you know, listen, why would I jeopardize my career and my uh, credentials in by countering the this? Truth. <laughs> yeah, by, by, by telling the truth, you know, that does nothing for me. I can, I could be much easier for me to fall in line and, and, and continue to parrot the, the nonsense. So who are you going to believe? Somebody who has some courage and some bravery to stand up for the truth or somebody who's merely parroting what they're well, the, the thing is, I know what happens when you tell the truth. In fact, you know, one day I was walking down the hallway at San Francisco General during the AIDS epidemic, and I ran into a friend of mine, a woman, who uh, we had had our babies, we had been pregnant at the same time and babies at the same time, and we were friends. And, and so naturally, the AIDS epidemic was at the height of its uh, uh, disease producing ability and 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 she was in infectious disease and so we worked together a lot and so I started talking to her about you know AIDS and all that and she said Merle says we can't talk to you mm-hmm. now Merle was head of uh, internal medicine and infectious disease was a department under him so Merle was her boss and so I said what do you mean Merle says you can't talk to me yeah she says nobody in the department can talk to you and I said why she said because merle says you tell the public the truth interesting interesting okay. controlling the message that's right that's right so that you know those those were things that really opened my eyes and then when i was on all of these um these uh, programs i thought well they really want to know no they didn't what they wanted to do was they had me on to try to destroy my credibility publicly because i was the highest level academic physician exposing the truth that's why they had me on that's what i figured out later i thought oh they want to know no they don't want to know they don't want to know at all they want to destroy my credibility when i was on montel williams i was told by one of the functionaries there while i was in the green room that they had the whole the whole uh, audience was male homosexuals and they were supposed to trash me that wasn't what it was for. So when I got on the stage and I said to them, wouldn't you like us as surgeons to get tested for AIDS to make sure that we don't contaminate you when we're operating because we can get stuck and bleed into your wound. So we would like you to be tested for our safety. That doesn't mean we'll not operate on you, but you know, people say, well, why don't you just take the right precautions with all of them? Well, you can't play the Super Bowl every Sunday. You can't slow down that much for every operation. You have to have some idea of your risk. And so when I said that about them, wouldn't you like us to be tested? And I had, I was tested for AIDS. I didn't have it, but, but, um, and I had all my crew tested as well for the patient's safety and they didn't trash me. So guess what? They didn't show the program. Uh, interesting. 
Interesting. And so I guess the same could be said of uh, Judy Mikovits and, and the assault that she suffered from the, the, the institutions and the, and the mainstream media and continues to suffer today. Of course, of course. This is, this is what they do because they, they are bullies, they are ruthless, they don't care about anybody but themselves. And this is a plan that they have had in motion for hundreds of years. And this is the culmination of it. And so nothing's going to stop them. And, uh, you know, there have been just recently, there's this the one woman who was a vaccine activist who used to work for Merck. She's dead. And, uh, you know, I've had numerous threats to my life. And, and a lot of people aren't talking because of this. And, uh, you know, people don't want to end up dead. And, and I understand that. But if everybody's afraid, then nobody will talk. No, and that's true. I mean, I think the, the world desperately needs courage and bravery right now. And, you know, I certainly appreciate you doing what you're doing. Um, and the, the more people that are, are singing the truth, you know, eventually, hopefully it trickles down and people start to resist this nonsense. Well, the thing is, this is not going to do any good. They're still going to come at us. The only thing you can do is, again, see, taking up arms and, and doing all that. People say, well, when, we, when, when Americans took up arms 250 years ago, look, at, then we got our freedom. Yeah, well, look, look what's happened now. This is the end result. This is the end result. See, it doesn't work. Again, this is the great controversy between good and evil that's been going on for 6,000 years. And I know that it's not trendy to believe in God, but I do. Through my cancer, I was an agnostic for most of my adult life. I was raised a Christian, but I, I couldn't figure out how, you know, God says, love me or, or I'll kill you. And, and I thought, I can't get my mind around a God like that. But, but when, when I was so sick and I knew that doctors don't know how to get anybody well, and God in, in the Bible gives you 100% guarantee if you do it his way, you'll be well. And I am well. Here I am. It's 27 years since my diagnosis. And I'm totally well, cancer-free, no chemo, no radiation, no mutilating surgery. And so I, I do not believe in organized religion because those people don't have any idea what's going on in the world. I don't believe in organized religion. I get my view of God from reading what he says in his word, not from what some preacher tells me in a church. So I don't believe in organized, nobody went to church for the first 4,000 years of human history anyway. Nobody went to church. It's a new phenomenon and it was not set up by God. He never wanted an organized church. So I believe in, in the God of the Bible and, and this is the great controversy between Satan and Christ and it's coming to a close now. This is all going to go worse and worse and worse. Trust me. It's going to go worse and worse and worse. It's not going to get better. Just like they told you two weeks at the beginning. And it's almost a year. And now they're bringing out the vaccines and the vaccines. Oh, and they, they even said, well, don't be surprised that if a lot of people start dying when they get the vaccine. Oh, really? <laughs> vaccines have never worked. Vaccines didn't stop. Um, didn't stop polio. The incidence of polio had dropped by 95% because of better sanitation, better housing laws, child labor laws, and all that before they ever made the polio vaccine. Vaccines are meant to destroy us. And that's why they're giving so many to children. There was no sudden infant death syndrome. There was no autism before vaccines. None. This is meant to kill us all vaccines, the flu vaccine too. And what may be happening is that they may be giving people something in the flu vaccine that makes them more vulnerable 
when they get whatever they're putting back in the nose on the supposed testing. And people well, may be getting something, but it's not COVID-19. Well, we certainly saw that with some of the research that came out of Europe uh, dealing with the, the seniors, particularly in, uh, I believe it was G Germany and Italy was the two sort of centers of that study they focused on. And it was 60 to 80% of the morbidity related to COVID deaths. Those seniors had a history of both trivalent and quadrivalent flu shots within the last two to three years. So, you know, we're already seeing some of that, you know, whether that's a pathogenic priming for whatever is I in believe the environment. It is. it is, even if they didn't mean it to be. But, you know, they never pass up any excuse to make us sicker. Sure. They never pass up any excuse. They're putting stuff in the food, MSG, and all of these, uh, you know. Glyphosate. Yeah, everything they're putting in the processed food, and of course, the meat that they have comes from seven different countries, most of which have no inspection at all, and you don't know what you're eating. And so when people, you know, just eat whatever they want, and the huge amounts of sugar. And now, of course, they're making obesity attractive and they're gonna have women in bathing suits that are so obese in the, in the sports illustrated and all that. What they're doing is that this, this is very bad for the person. It causes heart disease, it causes uh, cancer, it causes all sorts of things to be obese. Oh, but now it's beautiful. Now it's beautiful. No, this is all part of the plan. Yeah, I mean, self-abuse can't be can't be beautiful. I mean, it's one thing right. if you're Rubenesque, uh, but you know, once you become obese and, and your mobility and your health is compromised, which you know, in, in America, let's face it, you know, people are starving, um, but they're nutrient deficient. You know, or they're or they're, they're obese, but they're nutrient obese deficient. They're nutrient deficient, of course, right? Which makes sense. And that's what they're making attractive. And and then of course, you know, uh, we have these laws for uh, the disabled. And so they're, in, they're, they're making it easy to be disabled, making it easy to be disabled. So people, you know, eat and live any way they want. And then they take all these drugs and, and then they get a special parking place right in front of wherever they want to park. So isn't this wonderful? No, it's not wonderful. You're killing yourself. Uh, one of, one, in one of my books, the first chapter is suicide is the number one cause of death because people are committing suicide slowly by the way, they're uh, eating, living, and handling stress. Yeah, that makes sense. They're so I just want to- their hands, yeah. I wanted to circle back and, and, and talk about these new vaccines, the, the mRNA vaccines, which really are the first of their kind to be unleashed on the population. Um, what, what are your thoughts here in terms of what's going on? I mean, if, if we don't have a virus genome, we've never identified the virus, um, then how is it even plausible to produce a vaccine for that? Well, it isn't. It isn't, and this is meant to kill you. I mean, let's just get to the bottom line. It's meant to kill you. You can just, you can talk and talk and talk about how this and that. It's meant to kill you and it's meant to change your DNA. And they have the ability now to even take away your spirituality. They can take with, with a vaccine. These are just poisons. And, and they can take away, they can change your DNA to take away your morality, your spirituality, your ability to reason. Uh, these, these are not vaccines for a particular virus. Those don't work anyway. They don't work anyway. And they have all sorts of side effects. They always have. That's why the, the drug companies have been relieved of all responsibility. And so, of course, they can make whatever they want. Poise, poison those Gentiles as much as you want because we're not responsible. And then the taxpayer ends up paying 
for some of these damages to people because it, un, unlike other courts, you can't even sue the government unless they let you, okay? So the thing is, it's a killing mechanism. You can talk all about the yes, about how the MRA this and the MRA, it's designed to kill you. Period. That's it. No, that's, that's a very powerful statement. And, and you know, with, with people, uh, the, the masses lining up for this shot, you know, I've been very concerned, especially with, you know, when they're talking about getting our frontline healthcare workers vaccinated first, you know, if, if we lose 20, 30% of those people or, or, or more, uh, whether they die or become uh, unable to, to conduct their or discharge That's their the duties. Point. That is the point. Now, you see, years ago, years ago, 35, 40 years ago, I was asked by the NAIH to come back to be on a committee, which was called the Consensus Development Conference. Consensus Development Conference. So, um, I always wondered why they were having all these conferences. They were having them on every little issue in medicine. And then they would uh, publish the results of these consensus development conferences in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, JAMA. So uh, I went back there. I was one of only, the, the only orthopedic surgeon or one of two on this. And it was on biomaterials in orthopedic surgery. And so we went back there. And so uh, they gave us this, the, there was a uh, NIH babysitter for us. He was there all the time that we were conferring. And there were about 12 or 14 members of the committee. And I can't remember what the issue was, but, but we, we conferred in the morning. And then they brought us in uh, cold cuts and you know a bunch of garbage to eat at lunchtime. And so then we conferred in the afternoon. And about 5 o'clock, the, the guy who was head of our committee gave our NIH person our answer because we were supposed to say, how should this be handled? And so the NIH person said, no, this is not adequate. You have to confer some more. He said, well, this is what we've come up with. No, you have to confer some more. He says, well, if we're gonna confer, we need to go out to dinner. No, you cannot leave the building. What? No, you're not allowed to leave the building. We were prisoners. Well, what are we going to eat for dinner? We eat the cold cuts that have been sitting out there for five hours unrefrigerated. And the mayonnaise. No. No, we're not going to eat that. So we conferred some more. We came up with exactly the same answer. We gave it to him. This was about nine o'clock at night. And he looked at it. He said, well, this is unacceptable, but it doesn't matter because we're going to rewrite it anyway. They did, they, this was a show. This was a show. They rewrote it and they ordered us to show up at six o'clock in the morning for a press conference to endorse what they were gonna write that we didn't even know about. And I said, no way. And I packed my bags and I went home. Most of the others showed up for this phony press conference. And so on the way home, I started thinking, why are they doing this? They're doing this in every single thing. And the reason, I, what I realized then, this is 40 years ago, they're gonna get rid of all doctors. They're going to get rid of all doctors, and they're already doing it now. They say, oh, you can call up and talk to a nurse. Well, a nurse, a nurse only learns things by observation. A nurse has a few years of training. A doctor like me would have nine years, four years of medical school, five years of residency. And so, because they don't care, we're animals to them. They don't care. And the nurse or the physician's assistant or the nurse practitioner will be replaced by a Walmart uh, 
checkout person who's had two weeks of training will know how to take your blood pressure and take your pulse and give you a vaccination. All right. And so, cause they don't care. And then when you go to the doctor now, anyway, you fill out, you know, every, all your symptoms and all the operations you've had and all your history and all that. So they'll just put that into a computer because they've got it all figured out now from all these consensus development conferences. And so it'll just go through there. And at the other end, the only thing that a doctor knows how to do anyway is it'll tell you what drugs you should be on. And then you just take it to the next window and you get your drugs from Walmart and you go home. So again, we, uh, we will get less treatment than an animal gets from a vet because to us, we are, to them, we are lower than animals. That's what it says in their holiest book, the Talmud. It says that Gentiles are lower than beasts. It says that even the best of all the Gentiles should all be killed. This is what it says in the Babylonian Talmud, which is the holiest book of Judaism. They don't live by the Old Testament. They live by the Talmud which is the Babylonian Talmud, which is paganism that came from Babylon when the Israelites uh, were taken captive to Babylon. However, as you know, the Ashkenazi Jews and neither in the Sephardic Jews have no relationship to the Israelites of the Old Testament. Right. They, they converted to Judaism and accepted their culture. There is no such thing as Jewish DNA. There's, they aren't. And so they have no right even to be in Palestine right now, calling it Israel. They don't have any right to be there because they have no relationship to them. But they want to be in Palestine because that's the center of the world. Because you have to your west, you have Europe. To your east, you have Asia. And to the south, you have Africa. And they don't care about us. They're going to get rid of us anyway. Mm. Interesting. So uh, in that scenario, then, with the removal of, you know, what possibly could be 90% of the population, uh, who's going to be doing the work? Or is it that just that small number of slave class will service they the... They will have slaves, and they, of course, they'll have them hooked up to computers so that they'll be robotic. They'll be robotic. And uh, they'll be treated like animals. In fact, in the underground bases now, they are trying to to meld animals with humans. They want, what they really want is sort of like the myth, mythological figure that has a human head and a horse's body. So it has enough brains, but it can do hard work and they can have others like that, that that's what they want. And so they don't want us around. They call us useless eaters. They don't want us around. They want to get rid of us. They say they want the world for themselves. In the book that I will have out in about a month that I've been working on for four years, it's called the deliberate destruction of America and the world, who's doing it and why. I have all of this. I expose it all. So if I disappear, you'll know why. Well, that's, I, I can't wait to see that volume. That's going to be uh, very interesting and very timely. Because I've been doing this for 30 years. I have known about this for 30 years. Uh, Low-level people in the Illuminati who are just functionaries who are not part of that. Uh, when I was... Uh, doing a lot of television and radio then I did at least a thousand radio shows at that time and so they wanted this information out but they didn't want to get fired or killed and so they were giving it out to me and when I started seeing it I, I thought uh-oh this is the beginning of the end I knew that 30 years ago and I've been talking about it. a lot of my friends thought I was a little bit of a nutcase until March <laughs> they didn't think I was a nutcase anymore. And so uh, this, this, is, this is the beginning of the end. It's all given in Daniel and Revelation in the Bible, actually. It's all, it's all there. It's all there. 
It tells us exactly what's going to happen. And of course, in my book, I have 14 roadmaps that are out there, 13 in addition to the Bible. There's the Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars and the Georgia Guidestones and the, and the Protocols of the Elders of Zion and all these. I got 14 of them. The only one, see, they, they plan to eliminate all Gentiles and then they're going to have 10,000 years where they're going to rule in peace where it's just going to be Jews. That's what they say in their literature. I quote them. I quote them. And, and so, but actually, uh, in Revelation, it says, once they get it all done, we can get all these people killed and once they get the whole thing under control, you know how long they'll rule? 15 days. Hmm. And then it'll all come crashing down. Uh, because it's days. because it's ungodly essentially that's right it's because it's satan it's all satanic these people want the world for themselves and they look at other human beings anybody who's not jewish and again there's no jewish dna um anybody who's not jewish they want to eliminate in fact mm -hmm. it says in there that a jewish doctor is not allowed to make a gentile well unless mm -hmm. The Gentiles are still enough in charge that the Jewish doctor might get in trouble. I have all these quotes in my book. I have all these quotes. It says you can, a Jew can kill a Gentile and, they, and, and he gets no penalty for it. But if a Gentile kills a Jew, he's, got, he's a dead man, okay? And, and that, that Gentile children are in the state of Nida, which is just filth. Uh, you know, th this, is, this, is, this is what they think. And um, they don't want you to know this, but this is what they think. And you, I've studied their Talmud, and very few people get to do that. Very few people even know that it exists. Interesting. So, in the, so the Bible, in Revelation, it calls the end time beast power, calls it Babylon. And that's what the, 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 the Rothschilds and, and the Jewish domination of the Jewish elitists, the Illuminati, their their holiest book is called the Babylonian Talmud. They're Babylon. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I guess an, an, an extension an extension of this dehumanization then obviously is is the masking uh, issue, which you know clearly has no scientific bearing, and yet we see the all these compliant people masking themselves and their children driving around in their car with their mask on, and I mean th yeah. that to me. I see that and, and I, I try not to become upset or angry with, with these folks because they are complicit in their own destruction, yet people just seem to be so willing to follow this, this edict. That makes no sense to me. Well, that's right. But you know, even when I go into a store, I'll wear my mask because I'll play their silly game because that is not, I, I draw the line at the vaccinations. Uh, but the masks are to dehumanize us, to tell us that we have no free speech, to tell us that we are slaves because uh, in early slavery, a lot of slaves were uh, forced to wear masks. And so this is all part of it. Now I, I hear that on Qantas, they're telling the uh, flight attendants that they should be wearing diapers too. They wear Depends so they won't get contaminated on the toilet seat. Well, I mean, first of all, you got toilet seat covers, they can spray. This is just ridiculous. Again, it's more dehumanization. They, they get joy in that. It's called the revelation of the method. That's what they like to do. That's why you have all these TV shows and the movies coming out. See, they have all these movies with alien invasions because they have the ability to do that. They can fake an alien invasion. So, and then people will say, oh, I saw it, I saw it. There's no better way to 
bring everybody under the world's control with one leader than to have an invasion from outside, you see. And so they have that. And Project Bluebeam, they can actually reproduce the second coming of Christ. They can reproduce that. And every eye will see him and every nation will hear in their own language, which is right out of the Bible. They have the ability to fake that. Mm, They have the ability to fake the secret rapture. There's no secret rapture. The Bible, that's, that's a non-biblical doctrine, but there are a bunch of evangelical Christians who believe in the secret rapture, and they can fake that. The government can fake it. Well, certainly we're seeing the, the media being complicit in, in all forms of shaping public You know opinion. why. You know why. Every, every television network, every movie studio, every uh, news magazine is owned by the Jews. Yeah, we're we, we certainly... We've, yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen that with uh, the Trump presidency, you know, like him or hate him. Uh, I think he is a, a great American patriot. And, you know, the, the official narrative of the Russian collusion and, and discontinuous uh, trying to berate him and, and push him out of place has all been proven to be fake. And, you know, we, when we look at the, the handling of the Hunter laptop Biden, the fact that he has been under investigation for almost a year, yet that wasn't exposed by the media and still yeah. is downplayed. I mean, we, but you have, another to think about, they have, think, you have to think about this too. Trump is a Jew as well. Family name is Trump. He's a Jew. Okay. And, his, and so his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is not only a Jew, but he is from the most vicious group of Jews, Jabad Lubavitch, which wants all Gentiles dead. So when they talk about, well, Ivanka uh, converted to, Jew, to, to Judaism, no, she, well, she didn't convert to, she's a Jew. All right. She's a Jew. She just converted to Jabad Lubavitch. That's what. And my late husband, who just died a year ago, was a long-term U.S. congressman, Bill Dannemeyer. And he was in Congress when they passed the law that the government could kill Christians just for worshiping Jesus Christ. And that was passed by Jabad Lubavitch. Now, my husband wasn't there at that moment because they told all the congressmen they could go home, there would be no more votes. And then four stayed behind and passed this secretly under the radar. And Trump, during his presidency, re-signed that. Uh, interesting. So why then are the, the Jewish-backed media persecuting Trump then, if, if he's well, one of their own? Well, there's of it's, it's one of two things. At the highest levels, they fight among themselves because that's what they are so far from God. They're Satan's agents and they're so far from God, they fight with themselves. Or secondly, Trump might be controlled opposition. Uh, sure. You have uh, to but, consider but, that. You have to consider a, that. A distraction, a distraction and, and yes. another means to divide and conquer the population. Correct, correct, correct. You know, uh, I haven't voted for 30 years uh, ever since I got, got an idea of what was really going on in the government. I knew that all of the voting was uh, controlled. I knew that 30 years ago, so I haven't voted. And I think that Trump appears to be less hateful than these others. But, you know, he got in trouble with his um, casinos who bailed him out, the Rothschilds. He was a buddy of Epstein. Uh, You know, the thing is that he's not squeaky clean either. He certainly appears to be better than the others, but, you know, they're very 
Wiley. And of course, see, Putin is a Jew too. The whole business of communism coming down, oh, when Gorbachev was there, communism is dead. No, he, he said to his um, parliament, he said, don't worry about glasnost and perestroika, which was communism now, is now dead. We're going to be more open. He said, don't worry about that. Nothing will change. We just want the Americans to think that communism is dead. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's Morris um, Johnson is a Jew. Angela Merkel is a Jew. They're all Jews. Interesting. Well, we, we have a situation here in Canada with our prime minister. I'm not sure if you've been uh, following. Yeah, well, he's Fidel Castro's son. He's a Jew, a communist, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're- An image of his father. And I was just going to bring that up. I mean, I just recently saw some photos of him as a young 20-ish and then presently. Yeah, he's in I mean, my book. He's got, he and his father are in my book, yeah. He's a spitting image. I mean, yeah. they look like brothers or, or there's, no, there's no question. Almost. Yeah. Twins I, almost. I agree. And, and you know, the, the fact that a leader of a free country would say that he respects and admires the Chinese regime. But see, but see, the thing is the Chinese regime is controlled by the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds turn, turned China communist. The Rothschilds turned uh, Russia communist. And so then they can point to, oh, it's the Russians, it's the Chinese, it's those bad people over there. So nobody points a finger at the Jews. This is what they did. This is what they did. And, and we're the last ones because we have more guns. You know, the Chinese didn't have a lot of guns and the Russians didn't have a lot of guns. So they were easier, but Americans have a lot of guns, which they'll take away. Uh, but but the whole point is, though, so we're kind of last on the parade. But, but you see, you talk about Canada being free country neither America or Canada have really ever been free. You're controlled by the Rothschilds. You have been, and even America never got their independence. Americans have been taught they got their independence. The Rothschilds still control America through the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the same thing as the Round Table and the, uh, the international organizations in, in uh, Britain. The whole world is ruled from the city of London, the one mile square, by the Rothschilds. Interesting, interesting. So, I mean, is there any good news here or, or what can people do to sort of maintain their well, health the and sanity? Thing is, the first thing is, number one, you've got to maintain your health. You've got to maintain, you've got to learn how to, because then you're not going to be vulnerable to all of their emotionally uh, crippling things and all of their physically crippling things. And nobody should get the vaccination, but they'll, you have to be ready to go to a concentration camp because that's what they're going to do. And they'll hold you down and get and give it to you. But I can tell you, again, this is the great controversy between good and evil. The answer is this is really a call from Jesus Christ to say, see, the world has rejected God. So God has stepped back and he said, okay, if you don't want me, I'll let you see how it is for Satan to run your world. Uh, if anybody knows about Bolshevism from Russia, I mean, it is, this is what's coming to America. So the good news is that there is a way to have protection from what's coming, because it's going to be horrific. When, when during the, um, during World War II, my sister-in-law was uh, born in Germany, and she and her mother and her grandmother were 
running from Berlin to Stuttgart, which is about 400 miles, with just the clothes on their backs and a, and a, and a dishpan to go over their head, when we, the Allies, were coming over trying to strafe these women and children running for safety, because the Bolshevik army from Russia, which was run by the Jews, was coming. They were raping every woman, German woman, between the age of 80 and three. And uh, while they were alive, they were cutting off their breasts and nailing them to barn doors. This is what's coming to America. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so what the, here's the good news. If you turn, if you're searching for the Lord with all your heart and you're studying your Bible, you will not be subjected to the random violence of the Bolsheviks, which are taking over America. That doesn't mean you won't have any hard times, but the only thing that you will go through is what you need to go through to recognize that you need Jesus Christ to run your life. And he will go through it with you. If you are not searching for the Lord with all your heart, you are under the control of the enemy and he can do to you and your family whatever he wants. And it's going to be horrific. Uh, so that that's that's the the pathway to salvation through all this is is uh, it, it, through, through is, Christ. It's really a call to turn back to the Lord because America and the world have left God. Uh, you know these churches, all they're doing is hey, I'm a Christian. La, 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 la. It's stupid. It's stupid. They don't know anything. They're not studying their Bible. They don't know. And, and you know, I I went into the post office yesterday, and this woman uh, brought up her golf cart and 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 um, and, and was in the crosswalk. And I said, why would you do that? And she oh she le unleashed on me this filthy language nobody can talk now without saying a filthy word every third word you know and they think that's smart i mean people don't know how to even be civil anymore when i was young there was no road rage there were no big 56 page contracts people actually did business with a handshake you didn't have to lock your doors all that but once the jews took over after they shot kennedy everything went downhill and it's going farther and farther downhill this is a return back to sanity and goodness and and Jesus Christ and, and the Ten Commandments and to love your neighbor, to do good to those who hate you, not, not to take up arms and kill them. That's not what it's about. Uh, and so, so the only place to have any safety, there's no place to hide. They can find you anywhere. People say, oh, I'm going to go live off the land. No, they're, gonna, they're not going to let you do that. They're not going to let you do that. And so... The only place to hide is in the arms of Jesus Christ. I know that's not trendy now. I know people think that's stupid. That's the only place to hide. Again, I was an agnostic for 35 years. I thought it was stupid then too. But I realized that people are so far from God and, and who wants to live like this forever anyway? And so after, see, it took, it took God six days to create the earth and the humanity and all that. And it's taken 6,000 years for Satan to destroy it. But finally, God is saying, okay, enough is enough. When they're, you know, exploiting children and they're going to endorse uh, uh, pedophilia and all this business, it's enough is enough. So I'm bringing it to a close. However, it doesn't seem to affect anybody. It's going to have to get so bad that even the bad people know it's bad. 
So, so what are some simple things that people can do, let's say on a daily basis to, to encourage a shift within themselves to a more righteous path? Okay, first of all, uh, start studying your Bible. Start reading in the book of John. Right? That's the easiest one to read. Read the book of John three times and start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read those three times before you go on to the rest of the New Testament, and then you can go on to the Old. If you go on my website at goodnewsaboutgod.com or drday.com, you will find I have over 300 Bible studies. God is not like the churches say. This is going to be startling, but I will tell you, in the end, after everyone has reaped what they've sown, God is going to save everybody. Even the worst, because he's God, he knows exactly how to lead us through what we need to go through in order for us to recognize we need him to run our life. And so there, there will be a terrible reaping after the judgment. There will be a terrible reaping. People have reap what they sow, but not well, if you have children, how do you discipline them? You don't say, okay, you're 16 years old, you took the car, uh, the family car, and you were drag racing, you destroyed the transmission, now you're, you're grounded for three months, you got to get a job and pay for it, then I'm going to burn you to death. No, you don't do that. All of your disciplines are remedial to turn you back to right doing, not to destroy you. And it's the churches that have, the word hell isn't even in the Bible. In my book called Who Rewrote the Bible, I show you that the word hell is not there. They have written it in. They have written it in because nobody wants to go to church and join a church and give them money if there's no hell, you see. But the whole point is that, that God's disciplines of us are also remedial too to turn us back to right doing, not to destroy us permanently, not to destroy us. And, you know, if a family, a mother or father who loses a child, they have an empty spot in their heart forever, all the time they're alive. That child, they can't replace that child. Well, but no, no problem with God. God is pure love, but he can lose billions of his kids and he can just go on and live forever with, with the, the few remaining and, and have a wonderful life. No, he would have failed at his mission to come because when John the Baptist introduced Jesus, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The world. And so the whole point is they, that, that Satan and the Jews have gotten inside the churches and even distorted that. And they wrote hell into the Bible. Okay. Well, and that, that was something that I always questioned, that if, if God was so powerful and omnipotent, why he would not have dominion over hell as well? Why would there be some place where well, he's there excluded is no from hell. There is no hell. And the thing is, we make our own hell because we're going to have to reap what we sow, but not to eternal annihilation or eternal burning. I have a, a, a book called, If Jesus Died for All, Why Can't He Save All? Well, he can, but the, but the churches hate that. You mean he's going to save those people who, are, who didn't stay in the church? Well, again, if you're only safe to save if the salvation of everybody in the world is as important to you as your own. Otherwise, you're a selfish SOB. Okay? So, so the thing is that, that God is good. God is love. But like a good parent, he disciplines us. And yes, we might die in this life, but there is a, a resurrection. There's the first resurrection for the righteous and the second resurrection for the unsaved, for the judgment. But then there's a whole period of time after the judgment before we enter eternity when those people will reap what they've sown. But not to destruction. No parent in their right mind would ever destroy their children because they disobeyed. 
makes and sense. we are made in the image of God. That makes sense. So what, uh, what has kept you motivated all these years, Dr. Day, in, in light of truth. all this truth. opposition? <laughs> truth. It's just a quest, quest for truth. Well, the thing is, my father uh, taught me, first he taught me to read at a very young age, and I've never read a book of fiction in my life, because he said, you don't learn anything when you read fiction, because you don't know what's in uh, the imagination of the author's mind and what's true. So I've always read fact. And he always taught me, herd instinct, don't follow the herd, don't follow the herd, learn what's right and stand on your own two feet. And I probably heard that hundreds and hundreds of times growing up. And so uh, I, uh, I tell truth, no matter what. And, uh, you know, God has protected me so far. I'm, you know, th there, there were disciples who died martyrs' deaths, so I'm not sure that God will protect me from anything uh, in the future. But he will only allow me to go through what I need to go through to recognize him more fully. But I will not be subjected to Satan's uh, random uh, slaughter. Interesting, interesting. And if you could go back in time and speak with yourself as a young 18 or 20 year old uh, young lady, knowing what you know now, what uh, advice or information would you have for that young person? Well, I think that, that everybody has to, you know, God is still in control. The, the churches say oh, he's given us free will. Well, if he gave us free will, if everybody has free will, he couldn't answer a prayer, could he? He would have no control. See, he still has control. And again, he has the control of all the circumstances. And so when I look back at my life, I recognize that everything that I went through was in preparation for what I've been doing for the last 30 years. I recognize that. I've been through some really hard times in my life, but they have made me strong. And, you know, the, the, the Jewish Illuminati can only kill me once. You know, the, the, so what? So there is another life. God will resurrect the righteous and the unsaved, and, and eventually he's going to save everybody. I don't look forward to what they might do to me before they kill me, but God has promised me he'll go through that with me. But the thing is, I'm not afraid of death. You, you know, what, what are they going to do to me? And so as far as I'm concerned, you have to tell truth. If you don't tell truth, how can you live with yourself? But nowadays, very few people tell the truth. And they're easily compromised. But, but uh, I think my father was uh, honest uh, to a fault. And he taught me that I was raised and I had a brother, an older brother, and we were raised to always tell the truth, no matter what, no matter what. Well, that's, uh, I guess, uh, in, in, in our time at this moment, uh, truth is a very scarce commodity, it seems. Right. That's right. Yeah. But again, you know, the, you might say, well, the, the truth is not good news. Well, the, the good news is that God is bringing all this to a close. Would you want to live? People say, look at the world we're leaving for our children. You know, 50 years from, there's not going to be 50 years from now. Because when Jesus was on earth, he said, when you see things happening, he talks about the end times. He said, that generation, this generation shall not pass until all be fulfilled. And so people say, well, the Bible's a lie because those people are all dead. He wasn't talking about those people, that generation. He's talking about the generation that was alive when these things start happening. And that's our generation. And I believe that Jesus will come in my lifetime, and I'm a lot older than you are. Well, let's, 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 hope, let's hope he'll deliver us out of this mess then. Yes, that, that's what it's for. But again, it's going to get a lot worse before he comes.
Well, it's, it's, that's a scary thought. I mean, we're, we're moving down a precipitous slope here as it is. Right. Well, all you have to do is, is look at what really happened in, in Russia, um, you know, when, where they starved, you know, millions of people to death in communist Russia. It's the same group that runs America, that runs Russia, that ran it then, that runs China. They killed, well, I, I have in my book, I show, including World War I, World War II, Vietnam and all that, and, and all of these famines and the forced famines, the Jews have killed 438 million Gentiles, wow. including the 60 million or what with abortion. They, four, and of course, Margaret Sanger was a Jew who started, and I've got her quotes, who started Planned Parenthood to destroy Gentile black babies. She says that. Oh, that's a, a quote from her, is it? Yes. Yes. Uh, it's a quote. So, so this is all a plan to destroy us. And well, it started that's a, in the Garden of Eden and it's been going on ever since. Well, hopefully we come to a resolution here uh, before too long and, and uh, come out of this. But everybody, again, uh, pe people are so um, mealy-mouthed now. You know, they've taught them in the schools. They don't know how to work hard. They won't want to do anything. You know, when people, when people sometimes call the office, they'll, I have a starter package. It contains four books, four DVDs, and six CDs on how you get well from cancer and all other disease. But you have to change everything about your life. And they'll call up and they say, do you have a pamphlet? A pamphlet? On, on a disease that's going to kill you that they've been working for 100, 100 years trying to find a cure for in orthodox medicine, which they never will because they want a drug. And, and they want a pamphlet. I said, let me ask you this. Can I get a pamphlet to become an attorney? I just want a pamphlet. Just tell me what I need to know to come drink in a pamphlet. I mean, it's ridiculous. People don't want to do anything that's hard. I, I'm writing a chapter now called, you know, are you too lazy to live? <laughs> because people don't want to do anything. And so this is what they've done in the schools. You know, when I was a kid, you worked hard because the, the, people didn't have much. And so you learned to work hard. In fact, during, during the depression, um, there, there were people who would, would go to work for a company and work two weeks for nothing just to see if they could, you know, say, okay, we're well, doing a good job, we'll hire you. I mean, nobody would even dream of doing that today. They want to do the least possible. But God's trying to make us strong. Nobody's going to go to heaven or the new earth until they're strong, that they have integrity, and that they're willing to stand for God in the face of death. Well, let's, let's conclude on that powerful note then today, Dr. Day. Okay. Um, that's, that's, a great, that's a great way to conclude things. Um, thank you so much for your time today and your, and your thoughts on the subject. Um, it's, it's, uh, great to hear a counter narrative to the, to the BS that we're constantly fed, spoon fed through the media here. Right. Well, thank you very much. It's, uh, been pleasant. Thank you. Excellent. Well, and let's, let's look to, uh, reconnect if we're, if we're still all around once you've got that book out and, and, uh, Godspeed on getting that thing out, because I think it's going to be a, a necessary volume for people yes. to digest. Uh, what, the thing is that they've changed history so much, I am actually putting it back.
to where, where it should be. And so people, why are we in this mess now? Politically, not just spiritually or religiously, but politically, why are we in this mess? And what really has gone on for the last hundred of years, 100, 100 years to get us here? And so, and, and I talk, I expose everything. I expose everything. <laughs> Fantastic. And when, when is that book uh, supposed to come out again? I hope to get it to the printer within 10 days. So, it okay. be, but it's a big book. It's 800 pages and eight by 10. So it's a big book. Uh, wow. That's, uh, that's quite a bit of information. I've been working on it for four years. So it's, it should be out uh, in about a month. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, ma'am. Well, thank you so much again for your time and, and yeah. God bless. And uh, let's look to circle back once that book hits uh, the shelves and uh, right. we, can, we can examine it and, di uh, and dissect it further. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Fantastic, ma'am. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.